Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Hey, Julie, welcome to Friday. Yes. August 14th. Made it to another Friday. Julie Go I, us. That's right. <laughs> Go all of you as well. Yeah. Julie and I were just talking about our Sunday podcast. We've got some <laughs> really great stuff set aside um, to share with all of you. And if you guys don't listen to our Sunday podcast, you really should. It is completely irreverent. It is completely unplugged. We talk about whatever we have on our minds, but we actually have a really fun show um, for Sunday because we've been exchanging all these really like, zany, crazy, bizarro articles. You heard Julie and I talking about the thing about the, what the hell was it? The vampire? What was that? Oh, that that um, parasitic thing that eats fish tongues. It's yeah, disgusting. exactly. Well, again, that's not a normal real estate conversation. I think all of you will agree. <laughs> but it's a hobby to, to see what kind of crazy thing nature can pump out in 2020. And I, I also heard, <laughs> and I sent this article to Julie, and we'll talk about this on Sunday, too, as more information comes out. But evidently, and listeners, you can't make this stuff up. It only can happen in 2020. That's right. Evidently, it's the Senate or the Department of Defense. Yeah, there's going to be some that. There's going to be some public-facing Depending announcement. Don't spoil it. No. Don't spoil it. We'll talk about it on Sunday. Is about to come out and informally say uh, and create a public facing, so everyone's going to know about it. It's not going to just be something that people deny that they're investigating UFOs and they're it's the X Files basically, not in the basement with you know people trying to mainstreamed. You know, it's you know, exactly yeah. what's happening, and it's it's really unbelievable. And there's a, a quote from Marco Rubio, and this article actually is on CNN. But he's basically saying, best case scenario, it's aliens. Worst case scenario, it's the Russians and the Chinese that have developed technology that we don't have. So in any event, I thought they're yeah. going to supposedly make this big announcement next week. But Well, you just know that the government was waiting for something like 2020 to roll this out so that we'd notice it less. Well, I they've I, been saving this up like we do for Sunday podcasts. I'm just, just an aside. The when you and I talk about you know things like this on Sunday just for fun, uh -huh. but we talked about this maybe uh, when it, the story originally came out last year, I think in July, mm -hmm. when there was leaks that were coming out the Department of Defense about supposed aliens mm -hmm. and that the, the Navy had been taking videotape of them yeah. infrared videotape, um, and uh, I received a. Um, email from somebody who then had like three or four links and I clicked on the links and they're all essentially very elaborate, well-conceived conspiracy theories that were, you know, essentially suggesting that hmm. the government was going to do what in, ess in essence it's doing and then somehow was going to create some sort of false flag around the idea that we're being, you know, somehow we all need to be, you know, worried about being invaded by aliens or anything. But like I said, we saved this level. <laughs> That's just a teaser. <laughs> That's just a teaser. That's for Sunday. So, but today we're going to talk about serious stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk to you guys about uh, making money. We're going to talk to you guys about being of service to other people um, and obviously staying drilled on your real estate businesses. This has been an interesting week for many of you because you guys are starting to collectively, uh, you know, breathe a sigh of relief because you are, many of you were able to, you know, essentially you're, you're realizing you're going to have a good year in real estate after all. Uh, some of you who are new in the business, you're actually, I think, realizing that you're coming in the business. If you've been listening to our podcast, you're actually entering into the business at the perfect time to be a new into real estate. All the, anytime there's lots of, uh, 
change and lots of um, you know things that will cause uh, a disruption, then it leaves room and it leaves cracks for people who are ambitious to, uh, to slip through those cracks and basically carve out their own businesses. And that's what's going to happen to a lot of not just real estate people, but industries on a whole. So congratulations to all of you. And mm-hmm. uh, but what I also sense, and Julie and I were just talking about this right uh, at the beginning of our show today, prior to the show, is that there are a lot of you now that are, are breathing your sigh of relief, but you're forgetting the fact that we're just essentially not even, maybe we're halfway through this whole pandemic. And so I'm going to remind all of you, and then Julie's got a great topic. Actually, it's rule number 18, 18 from our mm-hmm. book, Harris Rules. Um, you definitely, definitely want to keep your powder dry. And I mean that in the financial sense, going into the fall. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty rolling into next year. And who knows what's going to happen with real estate? Who knows what's going to happen with really anything? So as we are you know, pleading with all of you back in March, make sure that you're hoping for the best. Of course, we all have to be optimists. Otherwise, we wouldn't have you know, collectively been crazy enough to actually decide to get into real estate. We have to be optimists, but at the same time, you have to be over-prepare. And this is, there's never been a time, and I can remember certainly in my adult life, um, where being overprepared has been so relevant because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty that's going to start you know, creeping in about the pandemic and politics and what to believe. And hell, we just even told you that the government's going to start coming out and making people <laughs> worried that we might be you know, getting uh, investigated or uh, what would the term be? Uh, uh, checked out by UFOs. Yeah, and checked out by... Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, just be prepared. Why not? Don't, so breathe your sigh of relief. Uh, feel good about the fact that you are going to have a terrific year after all, you know, despite the pandemic. But at the same time, just be ready. Don't, you know, don't start um, being lazy in essence. You have to look at fourth quarter. And, and I know this is, you know, August and we obviously um, have four more, really four and a half more months, you know, five and a half more months effectively left this year to sell real estate and whatnot. But just keep this in mind. And this is a good leveler of um, unbridled emotion and ego. When you look at the rest of the year and you break out the days that you actually have as working days, the remainder of this year. Now, Julie and I did this for all of you guys in June. We were helping you realize that there may be 180 days left this year, but there aren't 180 working days. And now we're really coming down to it. So you're going to have a lot of disruptions from, you know, going forward. Just think about all the normal, natural things that happen in fourth quarter. You have the holidays. You have all kinds of pseudo holidays like Halloween and kids going back to school and all this other stuff. So um, when you take all that into consideration, you probably right now, if you're lucky, have 45 true working days left this year to accomplish your goals. I am telling you guys that because I want you to not be complacent and I want you to stay drilled down on doing what you have to do and, you know, frankly, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level for the rest of the year so that you don't lose the momentum that you have because your new year, 2021, and we this is absolutely true and any top producing agent knows this is true is your new year actually starts at the beginning of fourth quarter of the previous year. But this year, Julie and I, what we've been trying to do, get you guys to realize, is your new year, 2021, has actually already started because the relationships that you're building now are going to be your listings, are going to be your buyers into the new year. And waiting into the new year, trying to rebuild your business, letting, you know, essentially losing momentum and thinking you can rebuild momentum, next year is going to be probably the hardest year to rebuild momentum or build momentum that I can possibly imagine just Mm -hmm. because of all the headwinds we told you and things we haven't even you know come across yet so do not wait do not follow the pattern of essentially letting the you know 
deflating your energy levels and coasting into the holidays and then thinking somehow magically you can spin your business back up. Don't operate like that. Emotionally and financially, operate as if your year, your new year is you know effectively already started and keep that momentum level uh, going. And, and here's another little blessing. Oh, your competitors are going to spin down. Your competitors are going to pay less attention. They're not going to be working as hard because they're going to be following that you know behavioral pattern that most people do. So it's actually easier to generate leads, easier to take listings, easier to get commitments from folks this time of year because you have less competitors. And you know your competitors, they'll all come back in the spring. They're all going to basically coast to the end of the year. That's and you guys probably operate like that. And to be honest with you guys, Julie and I operate like that. We everyone does. It somehow worked into our DNA. That, you know, even though Julie and I live in the Caribbean now, we catch ourselves thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, when the first snow is going to fall. It's hilarious. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how interwoven it is. <laughs> you know, I saw an ad the other day from, you know, someone selling winter coats or get your fall sweater collection going. And I had to remind like, myself. <laughs> exactly. I had to remind myself, I don't need sweaters anymore. We live in the Caribbean. But moral of the story here for all of you guys, just to keep in mind, is do not allow yourself to grow complacent. And if you need a specific drill down plan, use the 90-day massive action plan. That's always the go-to. If you're not knowing what to do, or if you're new in the business and you're not knowing what to do, or if you're in the, you know, if you're intermediate in the business, you're selling, say, between, you know, 10 and say 30 houses and your business is traditionally just something that spins up in the late spring and then sort of dies off in the early fall, as most agents do. It's just a big income bell curve. Seriously consider doing the 90-day massive action plan now. We give that to you along with many other books, including the real estate, the um, what is it, the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, mm-hmm. the Real Estate Treasure Map, everything. We give all those to you. It's part of the free coaching program that all of you are entitled to. Just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996 and go go and do that now. Just pick up your phone. You're listening to us right now on your mobile. Go to your text, text, you know, survival to 31996. We're going to text you back a link to join the coaching program. You have to click it. You have to activate your membership. And then you're entitled to not only all those free books, but also to attend the daily semi-private coaching call with usually Julie. Julie's been doing those calls personally Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So Julie, without any further delay, what do you have for us today? Well, rule number 18 is actually probably my favorite rule. And it goes like this, look like the successful person you aim to be. In business, as in life, there are critical things that matter. Howard Brinton used to call these things, you'll remember this, moments of truth. What he meant is that people instantly subconsciously judge you and in a split second or a moment of truth, they decide if they like you, if they trust you, if you seem like someone they can get along with, and ultimately if they'll do business with you. Now, some of you will be offended and hurt by this or be outraged that you have to put up with such scrutiny. To this we say, suck it up, buttercup, change your mindset. If there's a set of rules that people consciously and subconsciously use to make decisions by, why not work every last rule to your advantage so you can win? (laughs) Julie's literally reading that from our book. If you guys have not gotten the book yet, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's at literally every bookseller that there is. Uh, so it's called Harris Rules. So Julie, you wrote most of that chapter yeah. based on our I had a notes. lot of fun with it, actually. I can tell. <laughs> I, I, you said suck it up, buttercup. So yeah. continue. Well, okay, so we can, we can go as deep or as shallow as you want because this is all in the book. But there are different categories, right? So if you're listening and taking a few notes, upgrade your office. So I, I have fun with coaching clients. I think you've done this before, too. Before and after pictures. So you've got like 
every file you've ever done, grizzled veterans, like since the beginning of time when you when you uh, had to do everything by paper. But Julie, you know, drill down on what the concept here is. The concept upgrade basically, everything. Look, right. Look like you know, like if I popped into your office today and I wanted to write a contract or DocuSign a contract, whatever. Would you actually be proud of the office environment that you are running, whether that's home office, your car office, you know, or your office office? So you approach that from the perce- from the angle of basically first impressions. That yes, kind of I'm going to pop in unannounced. Right, but there's another there's another more I think uh, deeply motivational aspect to upgrading everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just upgrading everything for the sake of becoming essentially more attractive to the marketplace, which is in essence well, what Julie's describing. Too. It's also because in the like. When you go through the process, you know, Julie and I are going to be doing a little bit of this this weekend. You go through the process of getting rid of stuff that's in your closet that you no longer wear, that you can donate. When you go through the process of getting rid of the old, it does leave room for the new. And so one of the things you guys might want to keep in mind is going through your closets. Going, Look at your hairstyle. Look at your, your everything. Well, that's what this chapter is about. We right. have these categories, right? So we start with your office because, you know, that's where you spend a lot of time. And we have six specific things for you to work on. This is all in the book. Then we talk about even upgrading your sign. You know, when the market's hot, and we even saw this when the REO market was there, agents would get so lazy they wouldn't even have a sign, you know, because they figure it's going to sell tonight anyway, right? So I'll just skip the sign, which is really short-sighted considering that that's one of the best ways to generate leads, right? Right. So upgrade your sign. Don't take your sign for granted. And we talk about, we even did a podcast on this, how to hot ride your real estate sign so that you can be a lead generation machine. Well, be more specific. And it's the first impression. Neighbors are driving past your sign all the time. They're wondering about it. Let's do a drill down on what that means conceptually, okay? So when Julie and I sold real estate, we the normal real estate signs you guys can picture them. They're always the same size. Sometimes they're on posts. Sometimes they're in metal frames. But what Julie and I did after we had the epiphany, and this is just kind of crazy to think about, Do you guys actually, what your real estate sign is, it's a mini billboard that you're putting in front of someone's drive in someone's house mm-hmm. that is legal for you to put there. Real estate signs and political signs are the only things that you can put in residential yards. I mean, normally with the way that I think like if someone did a roof job or something like that, they can leave the sign up for 24 hours or something. But real estate signs, what's the value? What would Coca-Cola, think about this guys, yeah. what would Apple computer pay to put real estate, to put a little, you know, ad, a sign with an ad for their product in uh, front of people's houses? I'm Billions of dollars. So you have this real estate sign, which in essence is an incredibly powerful billboard that you don't really have to pay for, that you're allowed to put in people's houses, which is right in the exact market. Talk, talk about target marketing. Right. <laughs> talk, talk about, you know, what's that worth in pay-per-click terms, right? A sign on some in front of someone's house. So if you're going to have a sign, make sure, as Julie said, the sign is hot-rotted. So our sign was as large as legally it could be, which is usually twice the size as a normal real estate sign. So our real estate signs were massive by comparison, and they were metal, and they were also reflective. Now, we went with reflective signs, obviously, for the sake of... just read my mind again. I did? I was just typing in reflectiverealestate.com to make sure they're still running. They're still in business. Yes. Is that our sign they're using as a display? No. That is, it looks exactly like yeah, our signs did. That's and then, hilarious. These, I mean, these things lasted forever. Yeah, they, they, did. they weighed a lot, but they, they were great. I remember sometimes kids would draw mustaches on our picture on our sign. And the thing is, because it was a metal sign, you could clean it off with fingernail polish. 
Look at this reflective corrugated plastic, like for opens and stuff like That's that. A That's a great idea cool. too. Well, so the hot rotted sign concept is very simple. You want the sign to be large and in charge. You want it to be reflective because then when someone's driving down the street at night, it's going to reflect back like a stop sign and get people's attention. Now, that's powerful for the sake of attracting buyer leads off your signs. But guys, this is also a killer listing tool because mm -hmm. when we go on listing appointments, we coach all of our clients because we've been coaching agents longer than, we sold, longer than we sold real estate. We tell them how to present something as silly as a reflective sign as a USP to get that seller to want to list with you. We always had on the top of all of our for sale signs, a rider, and again, this is under the you know hot riding your real estate sign. And we, guys, I'm telling you, in our listing presentation, we had a picture of a one of our silly real estate signs, and we explained to the seller why our signs looked the way they looked and how they're essentially buyer lead magnets. That's how we mm -hmm. always told the seller, and the sellers loved it because yes. the other agents never talked about their signs because they were lame corrugated cardboard usually. At the top of our extra large reflective real estate sign, there was also a rider that said for free 24-hour recorded info on this house and then call a specific 800 number and then dial a specific extension uh, that pertained to that exact listing. And when we did that and we demonstrated then to the seller how that system actually worked, and if you guys want to know more about that, just go to 1-800-HOMEHOTLINE.COM. 1-800-HOMEHOTLINE.COM. But we'd explain to them and we'd show them statistically that all the best buyers are always driving the neighborhoods. The worst buyers are the ones that are internet leads. Best buyers are the ones that have actually decided what city, state, let alone neighborhood, and maybe even street inside of the street they want to live on. Those are the best leads that you're ever going to get. So you might as well have a hot rod real estate sign. And we also did have a very large um, brochure box. And on the brochure box, it was clear. And the lid was, it, basically you pulled out a brochure, the lid would self-close. That's a seemingly goofy detail. But uh, the problem where we lived is we had four seasons and it would rain all the time. It yeah. would be snowy, then it'd be covered with ice. So the the sign had a, uh, it would, it would the like lid would close lid. itself, right. Yeah. And then we would give the seller uh, a stack of brochures and then they could stuff the box themselves. But the, the brochure itself was also hot, hot rotted. Which is the next part of the rules, by the way. Upgrade your home brochures. Go ahead, Julie Harris. I just teed you up perfectly. <laughs> Sorry, you did. Um, well, so let, let's stay on signs just for a second because when we say hot rod your signs, we mean with the things that are effective, like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE, your phone number, assuming that there's no rule against, you know, having just your phone number on Let's there. Let's tell them so how to get around that know. too. Yeah. All right. So there is, most states have a rule that the phone number on the most dominant, prominent phone number on the real estate sign has to be the broker's phone number. And that's the way it was in Ohio. And Ohio had some of the strictest, you know, they're called, uh, what are they called? Prominence laws. Prominence laws, right? Yeah. So what we did is uh, we, our phone number when we sold real estate was, uh, I even remembered you. Yep. 614-846-0500, right? Yeah. And we had that sign, we had that phone number everywhere, but that was not technically when we started using it, a phone number that was owned by our broker. So all we had to do was we called the phone company and we put on the billing that it was Remax North forward slash Tim and Julie Harris. And when we did that and someone turned us in, we gave them a copy of the uh, bill from the phone company and we never heard that from uh, the division again about that particular yep. issue. That's how you can get around yes, it. And why does that matter? I mean, some of our newer listeners might not appreciate why, why we care because you want to capture your own leads. That's right. You okay. want to capture your own leads. That's a real easy way. And again, when you capture your own leads and you call those leads back, it, depending on the price point of, you know, you're going to peel out probably maybe 30 to 40% of all the buyer leads are actually people that also have houses to uh, sell. 
So if you're if those lead uh, leads are going to you know the up agent at the office or it's going to some you know Filipino who might be great at doing one thing but not not that be, be that great at answer, getting questions answered about motivation and all the rest of it right you know a VA maybe you're using a VA and it doesn't matter where you're getting my my point here yeah. always call your own leads back. Um, especially as you're building up your real estate business and use our script to ask all the great questions yeah. as we went through last week. Make sure you guys are listening to the uh, calls, the podcasts we do on scripting. And obviously this is just a smidge of what you get in the coaching uh, program. Yeah, That's right. And you know, the first two people to call are the neighbors and right. your actual seller <laughs> to check. Okay, so you know why are the neighbors calling? Think those might be listing leads? That's what happens. And so your first call, the script goes like this: ring, ring, hello. Uh, they're calling your eight hundred number. They've listened to a brief recording on the house. You're going to call them back. So this is me calling the buyer back, right? Ring, ring, hello. Hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. As a courtesy, when people call our eight hundred number, we like to give them a quick call back, see if any questions about the home they called about. And because on the recording, they didn't hear an exact price, they're going to be curious of what the price is, yep. to which you're going to say, Mr. Seller, you know, the, the buyer's going to, prospective buyer's going to say, what's the current list price in that house, Mr. Buyer? That's a per- terrific price or a terrific house. Everyone's calling on that one. Let me make sure it's still available and get you the current price. By the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? You know, uh-huh. are you, did you catch that, listeners? Yes. <laughs> and asked- at this point, they'll go... Uh, are you a recording? Because they're not used to somebody being on top of it like that. And then you continue with your script. You find out what their situation is. They're probably the next one to list in the neighborhood. And here's the thing. If you have a crappy sign or no sign at all, you're never going to get that call. You'll we, never have that opportunity. I will never. And again, Julie and I have not sold real estate for a living since 19, what year did we quit? Really? 2000 probably? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Maybe Early 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we that's when we basically were all in for our coaching business. But I can still remember to this day the number of uh, listings we took because we used that. And that's just oh, the yeah. start of the script. The but the number of leads that we were able to de- you know, determine were actually sellers, neighbors checking on pricing, and listings we took as a result. When you guys see – like. When you see an agent take a sign, take a listing, you see their sign, and then you see them pop on three or four more listings that are seemingly just in that neighborhood, don't let your ego tell you it's because somehow that agent personally knew all those prospective sellers. That wasn't the case. That agent was probably smart enough to go and work that particular listing that they took to get to know all the neighbors. Maybe they did open houses. Maybe they used the system mm-hmm. exactly what we just said. But this is the reason, ultimately, guys, if you want to li- if you want to last in real estate, you have to learn to list because you are put on the front lines. You're not hiding behind your keyboard trying to buy leads. This is where the money's at in real estate is learning to be a listing agent. And once you have the listing, learning how to basically take more listings and leveraging the listing you have. Yes, that's right. So the next thing upgrade your home brochures. First, stop calling them flyers. Flyers are what people pass out on the strip at Las, in Las Vegas to give you a coupon for a drink at a bar. Actually, St- Julie, so upgrade your language about brochures. Actually, Julie, I don't think what they're passing out on the strip in I Vegas the, is for a drink at yeah, yes, the Yes, well, bar. I had an editor for this book, you know. Oh. <laughs> There's only so much I could get away with. You produce professional home brochures. There are many sources for these, no excuses here. And in fact, we're about to add a great source uh, for our coaching clients for making beautiful home brochures. Um, now, typically That's they true. take, you know, uh, I'm sorry, if you're not sure how your brochures should look, go preview homes in your market that are priced, you know, a million bucks and up. Err on the side of nicer. None of your normal meat and potatoes sellers will mind having a beautiful home brochure, but the higher end will mind having a crappy brochure or no brochure. It's actually a way to compete. 
What Julia is alluding to is we're about to come out with a, and it's, it, you guys will be blown away when you see this, but a turnkey uh, marketing arm where you can start using um, our resources to do everything that you would ever need to do for real estate, from making brochures, to the pre-listing kit, to business cards, um, you know, flyers, postcards, even social uh, media done for you marketing. All that's going to be turnkey. And I think the way it's going to work out is you can you have unlimited use of the service for something like $59 a month. But we're going to be talking more about that hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Beautiful we're really stuff. excited about that. Been a major project. We're doing our best to not just make it one stop when you guys do business with us. You don't have to then look for other service providers. But that the value that we're providing is overwhelming to the point where there's essentially no competitors because when you guys are you know locked in with doing business with us, you take a listing. We've given you the pre-listing pack. We tell you what to say. We tell you how to use the listing presentation. When your seller wants you know different varieties of home brochures, we're giving you turnkey templated versions where you personalize three or four different home brochures. All this stuff uh, we're going to have available for you guys. So that is coming soon to a computer screen near you. Yes. All right. So there's more about that, but uh, other uh, categories. Upgrade your social media. Now, this one is always interesting for us to look at as coaches, right? So, you know, if we Googled you right now and looked at your social media, some of you are really good at it and it's nice and polished and beautiful. But there are so many examples of you know, things that maybe, well, I have an example in the book, okay? We had a private coaching client a few years ago who was about 28 years old at the time. She was and is quite pretty, very vivacious and expressive. She worked really hard on her personal experience, extra, uh, appearance rather, exercising, getting her hair done, her nails. She would even compete in bodybuilding shows. I know who you're talking about. Don't use a name. She was in San Diego. That's right. Problem was, when you Googled her, you'd find her Facebook page with some very attractive but also rather provocative photos. Though she had separated her personal and business Facebook page, it was still very searchable and not the most professional image and also was more prevalent than her business page. So let's just say her coach advised her to either develop a stage name or tone it down a bit for the sake of random searches for her real estate prospects. One wondered what it was that she was actually advertising. Uh, Julie That's was just one example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but there was another one we had. Do you remember how the, the coach? Aliens? Yes, the alien one, but we yeah. also had one that was a witch. Oh, yeah. Like and, a, what was they called? Not a no, Wiccan, it, a, um, like a Wiccan or a, a Wiccan, Wiccan, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, we do, especially with our elite coaching clients, I, we hey, like to but, know something about you before. But let's be honest, office. that could be a niche. It could be a thing. It could be a very interesting center of influence. You could be a bodybuilding Wiccan that somehow can <laughs> attract other bodybuilding Wiccans to you. And what do we know? Yes. But well, the, uh, so another example, and not, this is this is true, and I'm not using any names. Not making fun of Wiccans or witches. No, so just keep that in mind. emailing we're, us. We're Wiccan and witch friendly. That's right. Whatever. Though they're probably not a protected class. But probably aren't, but they know, <laughs> they, will be. To, they know how to do some shit because they're witches and they're Wiccans. That's right. and, and, I, the, and we may need them for the aliens. And I want those so. people on our side. Absolutely. Okay. Good point. Wiccan and witch friendly. friendly. Okay, yes. just to be clear. Absolutely. Next point. Okay, so <laughs> I had another one. And, and, you know, social media also includes your email address. We had a, a question on yesterday's premiere call about, should I worry about what my email address is? Okay, so... Googled a, a student once, and it was, I sell red worms at AOL.com. Okay, first of all, nobody uses AOL anymore. That sounds like you're at a thousand years old, and it probably doesn't even work. Uh, but I sell red worms at AOL.com, really? As it turns out, he had a fishing business on the side, but that's not the email address to use for your real estate practice. 
No. Um, had another one, and again, you can't make this stuff up. And when I Googled her, the only thing that came up was she was all over the internet about alien abduction stories. And these were quite elaborate too, videos, the whole thing. But you know, the point is if you are a listing prospect and you look into your social media, you better have it together. The other thing is, um, you know, sometimes agents will have started a profile and left it, they abandoned it, they forgot about it, and they just have like that shadow head profile. Right. That looks like, you know, you have an attention span of a gnat. Get rid of that or use it, but it looks stupid. And I'll give you guys another little hint here. Never, ever, ever complain about anything online. Because that's the dumbest thing you can do. When you are seen as somebody that's piling on on any kind of medium, social, never. This look. got a bunch of people fired from the uh, BPO and REO world. Yep. Because they would go to all the realtor sites and they would complain, oh, I did a BPO and I haven't been paid in two weeks, you know, right. and this company sucks and all this kind of stuff. Um, they'd complain about asset managers. I mean, do they think that nobody sees that? But it even goes further than that. I yeah. mean, look at all the, the social unrest Absolutely. since basically, you know, lockdown started in March and you and I really went out mm-hmm. heavy and told agents that their job is to be neutral. They're not yeah. job they're They have no obligation to basically be taking a stand on one side or the other. And ultimately their obligation is to basically be of service as many people as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Even in this world, where we're all supposed to be tribing up. You don't have to, that is not something you have to do. Not your job. That is called not being an American by the way, but you know, there it is. <laughs> I think maybe I just may have made a political statement. I don't even know, <laughs> but the reality of it is, yeah. is that what happens is a lot of people, again, especially on Facebook, they start being politicized. I'll give you guys an example. Do you remember the number of agents? And this was, again, back in March and April, not just agents, but people in general on Facebook who were completely like piling on that the coronavirus was a huge conspiracy to yep. you know somehow you know uh, take Donald Trump out of just all this never ending and it just was an echo chamber and people were playing with it and, and you know participating in it and just keep now what happened to all those people what happened to all that conversation about coronavirus just being some sort of you know made up conspiracy what happened to it isn't on facebook anymore but you know what is on facebook all those posts mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. those posts where you were basically saying something so maybe at the time it was you were in the current zeitgeist of you know communication maybe amongst your facebook friends everyone was saying and thinking the same thing but 6 months later it's now completely different isn't it and so what the rule of thumb should be is never what was the old thing that your your mom yeah. your grandma always oh, said you don't Do, talk about no, if you don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say anything, anything at all. all. I mean, yep. words to live by, right? Especially with regards to politics and all the rest. So there's just really no place for it because you you can't win. You're going to piss somebody off, yeah, and or I'll, alienate somebody or whatever. And I'll tell you guys something more. The review sites that are out there are pernicious. They're not designed to help you. The review sites are basically designed to uh, make you beholden to strangers saying nice things or bad things. So I'm going to give you a little hint. For all of you guys that are in EXP Realty, I strongly encourage you to leverage the fact that you're working for a virtual brokerage and have your Yelp profile removed because Yelp is essentially like what the better business. So there was a long, anyway, long story short, there are really no benefits to being on any of the review sites because those I've known agents, I know two or three agents this year who had their competitors or some estranged past client just decide to go on like a fata against them and they then start bashing them online everywhere with made up stories. At least I assume the stories are made up, you know, and all this sort of libelous garbage. And here's the problem. If someone puts up a bad review of you on Yelp, for example, and it's totally and completely made up, 
Yelp, you then you file a complaint with Yelp and you think that maybe that's going to be handled in some sort of professional ethical way. What Yelp tells you is they're not responsible for user data and that you're responsible basically for going after um, the person legally and getting forcing them mm-hmm. to remove it. But it's not that simple because if the person posted under a pseudonym, you then have to hire an attorney to sue Yelp and get out of Yelp the, uh, the um, what is it called? Uh, Shoot, I forgot. Essentially, to find out who that person was by tracking down their IP address. That's what I was trying to think of. So then you have to get their IP address, and then you have to not just get their IP address, but then you have to have a letter sent to... The reason I know this is because I helped a client through all of this Mickey Mouse in uh, California who had exactly what I'm saying. He had two, two, a past client who made up a whole bunch of crap, and then he had a competitor who basically ended up listing that past client's uh, expired property and then piled on. And all of this stuff was killing his business because Yelp had really good search engine optimization. And this person had already also posted this information in a couple other places. Well, he had the disadvantage that he had a physical location, which I'm going to get to the punchline with being virtual here in a second. So he then had to go and get all the, okay, through the, um, uh, he had to find out who the actual person was and prove it by going to the cable company that and getting the, and having the cable company threatening again. It's a, this is all a procedure to get the cable company then to say who the person was, who's their subscriber to their cable service. Uh, their internet service, That's then he found out who it was. And then you have to sue that person and threaten to sue them to get them to remove their Yelp comment. That's how long it takes. That's how much money you have to spend just because somebody decided. And that's how to, twisted it is. And that's how twisted it is. And there's all these different review sites and all of them operate the same way because legally there's a little carve out that all these guys have that allows user data not to be essentially their liability or their responsibility, user posted data. So my suggestion is until that stuff is cleaned up to the point where um, it's frankly operated on a level playing field where the people are not allowed to put erroneous information um, up on Yelp and whatnot, opt out, don't participate, don't have profiles on any review site. There's virtually no upside to it. You can, on your own Facebook page, for example, your Facebook business page, you can start collecting reviews yourself. Start getting videos of your past clients. Start getting little testimonials. Start getting things from them, real information from real satisfied people that have really done business with you, mm-hmm. opposed to anonymous, you know, feedback through Yelp, for example. Now, here's the great uh, opportunity for all of you guys in eXp. eXp is virtual. Yelp's own terms of services specifically states that they can only um, review local, you know, physical location type businesses, you know, restaurants and all the good stuff like that. You are not that if you're working with eXp, you are virtual. So Yelp cannot have, according to their own terms of services, a uh, profile for you on Yelp. So if there is a Yelp profile for you now, go and Google it. Find out the Yelp has got a page set up for you because that page is most likely already in place that you don't even know they have. And there might actually already be some people that threw yeah. up some garbage about you that may or may not be true, right? I cannot assume that all negative comments online are, not, are you know not true, but it is an opportunity for someone to throw pot shots at you. That's what those sites are. Mm-hmm. So go and look at that. And if you're with EXP or any virtual company for that matter, Yelp will have to remove your profile because it's against their own terms of service. Now, again, I'm telling you all this, guys, because it goes back to Julie's point in with regards to... Go ahead, Julie. 
Well, I mean, you've got to think like a seller or a buyer prospect, and you're not the only one with that lead, and it's between you and the, you know, maybe their spouse's buddies with somebody they golf with every day. And so how are we going to level the playing field? One of the things that people do is they Google and they see what you're made of. So you've got to, I mean, back to our original point, right? Moments of truth. How long do you think somebody spends Googling anything before they make a split second decision? I like it. I don't like it. This person looks professional. This person doesn't look professional. So if the first thing that pops up is some, you know, crazy review that you, you can't even identify who it was, how's that going to look? I got an email this morning from, um, you know, uh, Max and Ollie are certified support animals. And she's we had talk- to do a lot of documentation. She's talking about our French bulldogs, French bulldog, not, not children. <laughs> we only have one. We, we only we have. should get Zoe certified. Zoe's not a certified support animal. If anything, no. Zoe needs a certified I, support animal. I don't animal. think she would qualify. No, she would. Yeah. But you do have to actually go through a lot of paperwork. You have to show they've got their vaccines, that they have some level of training, yada, yada, right? And there's a company that certifies that so that you can fly with them and you have your documentation. Well, I got an email from them this morning saying, we need your help because our non-clients are posting negative reviews about us. So we're reaching out to all of our actual clients to defeat the negative reviews. And so who was it that was posting up the negative reviews? Probably their their competitors. Because there are several companies that do that. I haven't gone to look, but... To your point, you know, they're they're feeling a crunch in their business from it. And it's it's not even legitimate clients. Yeah. And you guys, so. you can be aware of all this stuff and just, so opt, just opt out. Lascivious is the word. Thank I mean, you. And there's been a lot of um, examples of businesses that have been ruined. There's an example of a restaurant that I think it was in Manhattan that was open. There's a whole bunch. You know, and she wanted to, it was like Julie's Chinese Kitchen. And like the neighborhood got pissed because Julie isn't a Chinese name. Okay, I'm not going to Julie's Chinese Kitchen. I'm just saying. But, I mean, point being that maybe, they knew nothing about no. it. People got together and, and basically said, well, she's not Chinese, so we're not going to support it. And we're right. going to put a bunch of nasty that. reviews. And the, the business came and went in like two months. That was yep. it. I mean, ruined somebody probably. Right. So, it's, but the, re- it's no the reviews, no. the review companies and sites were uh, a hot thing for IPOs and you know all that stuff like ten years ago. Yeah. And they all come have come and gone. But the problem is, mm-hmm. is the sites are still like how many They're of you guys? Alive. How many of you guys use review sites anymore? I'll re- read review product reviews on Amazon. I'll do that. But as far as like going to any of the review sites. Not, no, no they not can't doing be it trusted. because people intuitively at this point know that they're you know mostly garbage. Yeah. Um, and I'll, there was a just as an, an aside, Better Business Bureau, and this was back I'd in the nineties. Yeah, I know. Were you reading each other's minds? Yeah, yeah. So there was a, a series. <laughs> there was a series of. Uh, would you remember it was Nightline or something? I think it was. So. It was one of these. It was back when the news was actually doing. When the news yeah. was actually doing news, you guys remember that? Some of you so might not. It's been not. a while. <laughs> it's been a while. But I remember there was a story they did in the 90s, and it was a series of stories that they kept on going back to investigating the Better Business Bureau. And here's the here's the punchline is what the Better Business Bureau was accused of doing. is Essentially, the way the Better Business Bureau makes money is obviously by selling agents or selling businesses into being members of the Better Business Bureau. But then when somebody puts up a bad you know review of your business, then what the Better Business Bureau was accused of is then calling that... Um, you know, the business and saying, 
you know, Julie's Chinese, you know, kitchen, there's a bad review for you. Would you like to, uh, you know, essentially what the essence of it was, is pay a certain amount of right. money and have that bad review yeah. go away. And they were accused of that. And I think there, it was actually proven that that's what I they were doing. that is true. And so they had essentially... Uh, it was like their business model, actually. Right. Their business yeah. model was to have every single business up there. And then surprise, surprise, every single business was threatened by a bad review. And mm-hmm. then guess what? Here's the simple way for you to give us a credit card to make the bad review disappear. $500 yearly membership fee will take care of that for exactly. you. Exactly. Or, you know, you enhance your profile and all these other things. There's a whole YouTube thing on the facts of that case that's quite interesting. Right. Because it is true. Yeah, exactly. Well, and guys, this be very conscientious of the decisions that you make that are seemingly simple about participating in any of these sorts of, uh, you know, businesses, because ultimately they're designed not to provide, you know, useful information to consumers. Their business model is to prov- is essentially to separate you from your money in order to basically have the negative remove. negative reviews that probably aren't legitimate uh, removed. And the punchline to the Better Business Bureau, and again, I don't remember if any of this was factual, but I just remember the story from Nightline or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. was that there were salespeople that worked for the Better Business Bureau who had hired their buddies and whatnot to put up negative reviews for businesses. And then they would essentially use those as leads to call and get the businesses to essentially, you know, commit to some kind of uh, subscription or whatnot to remove the uh, said negative review. Not corrupt at all. Well, we have to be careful what we say because it was accused of. Who knows well, what was true, true or not? But still, but I do remember these things that. go on in real life. Yeah, in our own business, and we've experienced it, yeah. people that are that are operating like exactly. that. Exactly. Well, so here's the thing. One of the best ways to defeat all of that is to get real-world testimonials from your own past clients. That's right. At the time of the walkthrough, when they're loving on you, God, you know, this has been a tough one, and we had to negotiate this and that, and you you did it for us. You won that contract. And everybody's got a 4K camera in their back pocket. That's so just right. stick it in front of them and say, can you mind saying that again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lo- it doesn't have to be overproduced. It doesn't have to be long. It should be off the cuff. It's way more authentic. That's right. Okay, and you guys all have those experiences all the time. If you're not, you need to upgrade how you're doing business. But assuming that you are, which is most of you, then, you know, if you're at the closing, you're doing the walkthrough, it's when the contract gets ratified, you have so many opportunities to get real world, what is that called? Social proof. So it's, it's not just because Tim says you're awesome. You know, of course, Tim would say that he's trying to promote his business. It's because Tim's actual clients say that. And here's an example. I encourage our uh, Premier Coaching members to have a variety of those, right? So a testimonial that's really killer from first-time buyers, a testimonial from maybe luxury or higher end, a relocation client, a for sale by owner that couldn't do it on their own, an expired that expired three times, three years in a row with somebody else, and you were able to do it. You know, you've got to beef up like on your so- on your actual social media, your Facebook page. Those of you, you know, guys, who, authentic. those of you guys who do, um, you know, holiday parties and whatnot, we're yeah, rolling into that time of year. Great. There would be a simple thing to do, and you could actually have somebody walking around with, you know, it could be an iPhone or a camera, and asking for simple like thirty second or fifteen second reviews, and that's a great, powerful way for you guys to create your own mountain of social proof. And then you can even create your own review site. It could be Bob and Susie's you know, happyclients.com or something. Or like I suggested before, you could uh, just put them up on a business page inside Facebook where all your reviews live. Create your own concophony of content so you're not so beholden to others. Mm -hmm. Guys, ultimately these things are... 
again, if you're new in the business or if you're more grizzled in, in the business and maybe you're even our age and you're trusting of entities like what we're describing because that's how we all it. were raised, stop trusting them because they're not, they do not have your back. Their business model is not in alignment with uh, your best interest, never has been, never will be. I also suggest that none of you have a Zillow reviews um, page, same thing. You know, you're just basically getting caught in their echo chamber and you don't need it. Make your own and create your own. If you don't, if you create your own business, if you generate, you don't have to tolerate. And all this stuff is essentially reinforcing. Do not be beholden to anybody to basically support your business or support your lead generation methods. Do you want to go over one more point? Well, and you have a Zoom in about 15 minutes. Uh, well, this is a big one, but we can let them uh, get the book for the rest of it. Upgrade your pre-listing package. So... Point number one is don't be the only one who doesn't use one. So upgrading might be, for some, having one at all. Uh, number two, use the one we teach you in Premier Coaching. It's proven and competitive. We could go on, but I'm, I'm summarizing. Number three, use your pre-listing package 100% of the time, no exceptions. And once they have the really kick-ass pre-listing package that we've put together for them and it's proven, sometimes they get weird about it. I think it's because, you know, there's some production to it. It maybe has a little bit of cost to it. And they'll be like, well, I won't use it with somebody in my center of influence because I probably have that in the The bag. real reason I think they get used, you know? they get weird about it is because they did not listen and watch all yeah. the video training on how to explain every That's page. Right. They're just basically they're get the pre-listing pack. It. Right. They did the pre-listing pack and they didn't actually do the homework to know how to use the pre-listing pack. That's it. In other words, they put the tool in their toolbox, but they didn't read the instructions on how to use said tool. Right. It's still in the little plastic bag. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, don't share it with other agents because it is extremely competitive. Yep. Um, do have a digital version, but use your hard copy 90% of the time. The digital really is only for certain special circumstances. Some of you have tried to be cheap and do only digital. There is magic in the hard copy. Right. And so even in the era of COVID, what we strongly suggest all of you do is FedEx, UPS, USPS, whatever, uh, the pre-listing pack over to them. And in the pre-listing pack fall all of our instructions Include the questions they're supposed to use when interviewing other agents. Include a CMA without giving them a drill down price. Include all the listing paperwork, every single thing. Put in the pre-listing pack, send over prior to the listing appointment, um, and then do a Zoom and ha- and essentially present just like we teach you to do inside our coaching program. You know, the Sharpie closed listing presentation is what we call it. So just drill down on that and stay mm-hmm. focused. And guys, you're going to be able to replicate the success that literally at this point, tens of thousands of other agents have been able to do following our system. The closer you are to the purest version of what we teach, the more assured you're going to be of success because that version is what's been tested in, in you know, in all different markets and price okay. ranges and market conditions. Those of you guys who get our content and then you try to personalize it without actually having learned how to master how to use it, you're the ones that are going to struggle the most and you're not going to have consistent results. By consistent results, for example, you need to have it in your head that when you go on a listing appointment, you take it. There are no exceptions. Some of you guys think it's normal to only take 50% of the listings no, you go on. That's abnormal. That's called yeah. failing, right? That's a 50%. Follow our system, follow it as exactly as you can, as you will permit yourself, as your ego will permit itself to, and then you are going to most assuredly build momentum quicker than you otherwise would have. Anything you want to say to these guys before we round the bend? Um, we're going to do a part two of this because there's probably five more sections to upgrade, right. but you know, you've got to start somewhere. So take each of these things. And if you don't have the Harris Rules book yet, you have no excuse, but to go to Amazon right now and get it, they'll deliver it and you can see all the detail, all the drill down that we didn't have time to do on some of these podcasts. Uh, but choose something. Maybe that's your office. Maybe this is the weekend of your office actually looking like someplace that a rock star resides instead of somebody that's, you know, 
maybe losing their mind from paperwork and stuff that doesn't work and old files you don't need and whatever the case may be. So, well, the um, upgrade and, everything, yeah, the upgrade, upgrade everything, everything is also in alignment with basically goal setting because mm-hmm. maybe you want to buy a whole new wardrobe. Maybe you want to buy a new car. Maybe you want to you know, move into a new house. Maybe you want to move into a different state where it doesn't snow. Maybe you want to, you guys get the point, upgrade everything, but start with the practical, tactical things first um, that are easiest to do, which is frankly, you know, maybe you need to upgrade your picture, right? Maybe you need to upgrade yeah. your everything. Go through the list that we put on Harris Rules and then use this as your uh, impetus to basically create new goals going into next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to upgrade your picket boat. Well, well we're going to have a call, a call talking about cars. You're a car guy. I'm talking about real estate cars and some of the tax benefits they get and what's a good car that kind of uh, walks the line between nice enough, not too nice, not too flashy, but also is, you know, good enough for any kind of listing. And it, it depends a little bit where you are in the country and what your market's like. I think we can summarize but we'll, it. We'll talk about that. Here, here's the answer. Just so we actually don't have to talk about it because since we wrote that chapter, the answer has changed. So here's the answer. This yeah. is what's universally accepted in all yeah. markets. Mm-hmm. Um, a Tesla. Well, that's true. Too. So if you're if you're in an upper end market, buy a Tesla Model S or a, te- a Tesla Model X. If you're in a normal market, buy the Tesla Model Y or the Tesla Model what the heck's it called? The littler sedan. I can't I don't remember. Right now. But that's the answer because then nobody really people are going to think you're part of the, you know it's a very hip. And, it, right, you know, you're, you're, you're hip and cool and forward thinking, but at the same time, it's a beautiful, sleek technology. But all the co branding that you, you know, all the like, side stream benefits of being seen as someone who's uh, thinking. Um, or maybe the political aspects of it appeal to you, or maybe they don't, right? Because there's certainly political aspects to driving an EV. But then, yeah, I, you know, Julie and I are definitely car people, and I think the technology aspects it's of it. It's super cool. And Elon Musk are amazing. So the answer really is take a hard look at Tesla. And there's there's different price points for what you might want to do with that. And I think one will match pretty much everybody. Yeah, So definitely. it's good. But we have some other things that we'll talk about as far as upgrading everything. Clothes, I, shoes, I mean, hairstyles. To, to take it back to the top of the podcast, the thing is, knowing that all of this is true, that people make snap judgments in 30 seconds or less, sometimes in 10 seconds, in a breath, why not control that? There's so many things in real estate you guys feel out of control about all the time. Control this, the moments of truth, as Howard would have said, um, you know, and have some fun with it. That's right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so guys, listen, if you need us for anything, if you have any suggestions, if you want us to do a Zoom meeting for your office or for your team, if you want to talk with Julie and I about joining our EXP family, please do consider uh, texting me directly at 512-758-0206. And as always, if you're interested in receiving information about EXP, your EXP curious, as I'm fond of saying, just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. And when you do, we'll text you back a video where you can, it's a seven or nine minute video where you can basically have all your questions answered about EXP. And then decide from there if you want to move the conversation forward. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. Make sure you listen to our Sunday show. It's going to be, I think it's going to be more unhinged than usual. (laughs) You guys have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.